And once you know who you want to talk to, what you want to offer them and what you want to talk about, then it's pretty easy actually to do research to find the right shows to do that. And depending on your level of comfort or, you know, your, your perceived level of authority, like you could start very, very small. You can kind of go medium. You can kind of go large. Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Dustin Reichman is a strategic marketing coach who helps mission-driven entrepreneurs rapidly increase profits and massively grow their network using a partnership marketing system. Now, unlike many coaches, everything Dustin teaches is based on real world experience, which he explains throughout the episode. He's grown three successful online businesses and is best known for his partnership marketing system, which he's used to grow Fire Creek Snacks into a seven figure business without paid ads. We're going to talk about what it's like to guest on podcasts and leverage those guest episodes to grow your business. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And any chance I get to pick the brains of another marketer, I get really excited because we all have different superpowers and experiences in different places. And it's neat to see the theory and the overall similar strategies, but executed in different ways. So I'm really excited to learn more about strategic partnerships and how you can grow a business that way. But first and foremost, Dustin, I'd love for you to give our audience a little bit of an introduction, who you are and, and how you, you came to be where you are now. Absolutely. So my name is Dustin Reekman, and I live near St. Louis, Missouri, in the, right in the middle of the United States. And my background is, is pretty unique. I don't have an actual marketing background. My degrees from college are in engineering, and I was an engineering consultant for 18 years, I guess. <laughs> that makes me feel really old. Uh, but yeah, as you progress in a career, you get more into the sales and marketing side of it. And uh, I also had a bunch of side hustles when I was doing engineering, including a brand that still exists today as my very first online business called Engaged Marriage. So that grew out of marriage ministry that my wife and I were doing through our church. So that was way back in 2009 when uh, you know, blogging was a thing. So I figured out how to build a WordPress website and was writing three times a week and just grew a, grew a lot of content and a lot of organic search traffic, R- wrote a book, was doing speaking. And now if you go to that website, you'll see it's basically a digital information product business, a lot of courses, workshops, membership site, et cetera. So that really pulled me into like digital marketing and online marketing just to learn how to grow that business. And, uh, that led into marketing consulting and doing a lot of freelance work while I was still doing engineering for both online and offline businesses. And so that became my bridge out of engineering. So circa 2017, I was the sole breadwinner. We have three kids. My wife was a stay-at-home mom and I decided I was going to quit doing my nine to five, six-figure job and become a full-time. Uh, I didn't really know at the time exactly what I was going to be, but something in marketing and something in online business. And so I did that. And that quickly led into one of my clients who was a local butcher shop, a relationship there that he had a brand within his business that he had created called Fire Creek Snacks. And we really hit it off and we were having a lot of success with the local business. And he said, do you know how to bring this online? And I said, maybe. So I I created a Shopify store and created an email list. And we started doing a lot of marketing through partnerships, which I know we'll talk a lot about today. 
and that kind of took off kind of like a rocket. So I'm, I'm now a partner in that. That's one of the, one of the couple hats I wear today is that e-commerce company, Fire Creek Snacks. We also have a big brick and mortar, you know, retail presence, uh, big and growing. And so in doing that <laughs> publicly, this is like how my dots connect. And doing that publicly and being out and being on a lot of podcasts and being partnered with subscription boxes and influencers and, and, and co-branded um, collaborations, I got a lot of inbound interest in, hey, how do you do this stuff? How do you get on these podcasts? How do you leverage uh, when you do get media and things like that? And so that became my coaching business. And that's really the other hat I wear today. And I call that simple success coaching. And it's really about getting people unstuck, giving them clarity, giving them really defined action plans with their marketing and trying to keep things as simple as possible and also trying to make sure they're not trying to do all the work themselves, which is really why my ethos, I guess, resonates with, with the, the, the whole topic of your show about hustling less. I've, you can imagine in that story, there are many periods of like intense hustling and transition and startup. And so I very much feel that deeply. And then being on the other side of a lot of that, I, I feel like there's much better ways <laughs> to, to, to do these things, especially on the marketing front. So hopefully that's a good, not so quick introduction, but it kind of goes from engineering to marriage to meat sticks into business coaching. <laughs> that summary right there. I love that. You know what? I, I find it super interesting how you managed to, to dive into brands and really create really strong relationships with people, identify kind of what they need, where they are and what their superpower is, and then leverage that to build their business and grow their business, not just a brick and mortar, but online, which feels a little bit like a vortex nowadays. But the thing that I want to start with is just as you mentioned, a lot of businesses hesitate to hire on, to grow their team, to get other people to take on the stuff because either no one can do it as well as me, nobody knows the business as well as me, or I don't have the money to pay someone to do it. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you help businesses identify what aspects of their marketing they should be outsourcing and, and taking those steps forward so they can stop doing all the things? Yeah, absolutely. And it very, it very much depends on the type of business, you know, where they're at, how mature they are, how much revenue they obviously have to reinvest. But I think at a very basic level, any startup, any newer entrepreneur, whether they be local or online, I think could really benefit from a virtual assistant, you know, and, and if you dive into this topic and you hear that come up all the time, the way I approach it with clients and coaching clients is just getting really specific. So getting out of this idea that like you either are doing everything yourself or you hand over your whole business to some person in the Philippines and they're just going to take care of it. I think that's wrong. <laughs> I just don't think it works. So what I try to do is I, when I work with someone, I try to flesh out like, where do they get excited? What, what would be fun for them to do from a marketing perspective? And then how can we have like ninja support around that to make it easy? So my kind of specialty I mentioned earlier is partnership marketing and a big piece of that or a great example of that would be like podcast guesting, like what we're doing here today. And so I have a system that I plug people into in a, an accelerator program that basically, if they like to be on podcasts and they have a mission and they have a story to tell, that's an excellent way to market but it can be very laborious and eat up all your time if you're constantly doing the research, all the pitching from scratch and like obviously doing the episodes and then the appropriate follow-ups and leveraging all that effort. Like it's, there's tons of leverage that can happen from even a single podcast appearance, but you'll spend all your time doing that if that, if that's, you know, if you're doing it all yourself, but in five to 10 hours a week, a part-time VA for not that much money for a pretty small investment can actually take care of 80% of that legwork. So that's typically a starting point. It, you know, it's typically that if marketing is the challenge, the other big areas I see where people could immediately relieve themselves is customer service and some of their communications, like even just managing their 
email, managing their calendar. A lot of that stuff can really happen in, in not very much time. It doesn't cost very much, but it once you get on the other side of it and you realize if you're not constantly checking your email and it's not the first thing you focus on and you have someone else managing it to where it kind of, for me, the reason I like it so much is it keeps me, like I can't access all my email because then it messes up the system. So then I only have certain times of the day that I can check in and address things. And so like I build in efficiency in the areas where I know I'm going to screw up. <laughs> it's like, like if, I'm, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to check my email every five minutes. So I'm going to respond immediately every time it happens. But if I pay someone 15 bucks an hour to like just take care of that for me, then you know, it, it holds me accountable. So again, kind of a long answer, but depending on what someone's focusing on, I think those are key areas. Like the, the marketing, the podcast marketing in particular is, is something I love. And then the customer service and communication, I, th I think are areas where people could spend a very small, relatively small amount of money and, and really see a big impact in their freedom, which should uh, re result in more revenue, right? The whole idea is this is an investment, not a cost, and that you're going to get a multiple back on it once, once it's in place and working. You know, I love that you start with basically self-awareness. It's like, look internally, see either where you're inefficient, where you're not loving doing the work or what's bogging you down and start there. And I, I, I really like the idea of not looking at it in extremes either, finding a balance based on what you need and what you can afford and, and what's going to work for you at first, because you can always grow over time, right? You, you don't pick one and you're stuck there forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Experiment with things, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so the one thing that I want to make sure that we chat about is partnership marketing, as you mentioned, but for the listeners who don't necessarily know what that means, can you give us a little bit of a definition? Yeah, sure. And, and you'll find different definitions of this. Like if you look at corporations, they oftentimes nowadays have like a manager of partnerships and that's a little different. That's more of a business to business corporate uh, role. But what I'm talking about for small businesses and solopreneurs, it's really this idea of getting in front of your target audience by being on someone else's platform and doing that in a way that's very serving and giving. So I always talk about think this mindset that you should develop of win, win, win relationships, win, win, win partnerships. And again, if we use the podcast guest as a, as an example of that, there's many others, but it's a win for the business owner if they're getting interviewed, because if they're picking the right show and they're talking about the right things, it's, a, it's an audition and it's a way to show their expertise in front of their ideal clients, which of course could get them customers and clients. So that's the, the obvious win for the audience. It should be a win because they should learn something new. They should be inspired. They should be excited. And maybe there's you know a free lead magnet, free giveaway sort of thing. So that's a direct win for the audience. And then sometimes overlooked, but certainly shouldn't be. The podcast host in this in this case or the the aggregator the person who kind of quote unquote owns the audience they should get a direct win too and in the podcast example that would mean it's a good episode good content it increases the reach their downloads as a good guest you should be sharing it and helping them grow the show you should be rating them on on you know podcast platforms anything you can do to give that host a direct win and then it's just like, you think about all three of those people or all three of those roles, they're all winning. Like it's, it's a net benefit for every single person. No one's losing, no one's taking. And I think that's the key to a good partnership and a good, the way to make marketing through partnerships effective and, and sustainable is to do it with that kind of mindset and that kind of approach. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I get frequently when I talk about the podcast is, but how do you actually make money out of it? And I think a lot of people want to see a quick win, a dollar ROI, some sort of analytical way to measure the value of what they're doing. And that can be tricky when it comes to these kind of partnerships. So how do you address that concern? Yeah. So what I've found is through a lot of experience, I've been on 
dozens and dozens of podcasts, both for my Fire Creek Snacks, you know, e-commerce brand and for my coaching directly. I really see it happens in three levels and I can use my Fire Creek as an example. So it was uh, like many businesses, it was COVID times. It was the summer of 2020 and we were really making this strong push into brick and mortar and we had lots of trade shows and things lined up and all that stopped. Everyone, everyone quit going to stores. And we're like, oh no, like we've got to change some things. And we had been doing online sales, but it wasn't like a huge emphasis. And I just thought, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I'm stuck at home with my kids. And I reached out to someone who's kind of a warm acquaintance and I got on his podcast and I thought, you know, maybe I can sell some snack sticks to this audience. It wasn't really like a targeted audience, but it was, a, it was fun. And I found I really enjoyed it. And I found that like, I used a coupon, I gave people a coupon code and I found that like, we got, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of sales. And I was like, this is unusual. I didn't expect that. And so I said, let me, I'm going to try another one. So I started just pitching shows that I had no relationship with, but kind of one of my special gifts is, you know, cold outreach and, and copywriting. I know yours is too, but be able to like have a really warm, good outreach. And the first 12 shows I pitched, I got yeses on and they were like sizable shows. And so I started doing that. And I, and that, that's all kind of what I think is level one. Like most people think, well, if I get on a show, what can I sell to that audience on that show? And that was originally my goal. And that still happened. Like if I get on a show and I talk about Fire Creek, I'll get sales, you know, enough to maybe justify the time. But level two is what I didn't expect. And I think this is the intangible thing that starts happening when you do this as like a system and you do it consistently. And that is what I've now called like the network effect. So every time I go on a show, there is that invisible audience, the ether who may raise their hand and come buy some stuff or get on my email list. And that's good, but there's this peer to peer relationships that develop. And that's kind of what I call level two. And that's with the host, you know, so like you and I, Mickey, we will know each other now. Right. And after talking for 45 minutes, we're going to maybe have some referrals or whatever at some point down the road, it's not direct, but it's valuable. But what also happens is there's peer to peer relationships in those listeners. So for Fire Creek, what started to happen was people would reach out and say, Hey, we have an outdoors brand. We'd like to do a collaboration on Instagram or, Hey, I'm an influencer. Uh, if you can send me some samples, I want to do TikToks." or we have like distributors for brick and mortar reach out. I got a one hour zoom call with the meat sticks buyer at Walmart through a mutual introduction that happened from a podcast. I've had marketing interns approach us and want to work for free because they heard our story on a podcast and they really think the brand is cool. So like. I can go on and on and on. I joke like all my friends now are like, like people have heard me on podcasts, like all these people I've had Zoom calls with through starting in 2020. And for me, it became a whole nother business, right? Like, and I had no vision. I had no idea that that could even happen. And that I kind of call that level two. And then level three, which I've really just started getting in as a focus point in the past, I'd say year is podcasts can actually lead to direct sales. So if someone's listening and they do services or they do, let's say there are Facebook ads, person and they're doing it solo, they do a good job and they want to get new clients. Like there's some really strategic ways to use podcast guesting, not really worried about the audience or even the host, but I can go into the details here, but like maybe the past guest where you're leveraging this appearance and this authority and this credibility to then have a reason to reach out warm in a warm way to like past guests, future guests, because now you've got a shared, you know, point of contact, a shared credibility marker, and they can become leads in a pipeline. So if, if that's someone's business model where they're like, well, I do sales, like I get on sales calls with people. I need, I have a pipeline. I work on LinkedIn. This can work for that too. And most people don't see that at all. Um, so I, that's a lot of what I help people with is one, two, or all three ver you know, layers of this podcast guesting benefit. Like how, how can you grow a business that way? And so it's not just about the, how do I make money on 
the, the week this airs, but like, how does this grow my overall visibility presence? And what I think what you're really gifted at too is not, not letting this episode just stand alone, but leveraging it with other content assets that it just naturally creates. Um, so you, maybe you can expand on that, but I know we talked before we started recording about all the ways we can use this content to on other platforms and in other ways. And I think that's another place where people really fall short in, in seeing the value of, I keep saying podcast guesting, but you can imagine many other types of partnerships that this same mindset and the same strategy would apply to. You know, um, there is a business coach named um, Chris Cooper. He works primarily with gyms and he wrote the book Two Brain Business and he talks about affinity marketing. And that's essentially the, the terminology he used and yeah, what I'm familiar with. And it's like, you've got your clients and then you've got their friends and family and then their friends and family and you leverage this know, like, and trust factor through the ether essentially as more people get to know you and they talk nicely about you, your know, like, and trust factor increases. And I, I really love that essentially like, many people just leave it up to luck. They're like, oh, maybe I'll like, hit a show where there's someone there, but you have a strategy and a process behind it where you're actually using a strategic method to choose the right shows, to build relationships and to continue that. Now, can you talk to me a little bit about how our guests can look at what types of shows or, or appearances or partnerships they should be looking for? Absolutely, yeah, and we can, we can roll with the podcast guest as a, as an example, it's yeah, easy let's do podcast it. listeners to understand, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think of this process real quickly in four, four steps, basically that's my framework. So it's purpose, plan, pitch, and perform. And, and so the core of the question you just asked is really purpose. And that's yeah. answering the question, like, why would I want to be on a show? And so that gets into what do I have to talk about or teach or what's my story about? And, and very importantly, who's my target audience? Who do I want to speak to? And once you answer those two things, it kind of leads to your call to action that you'd want to have at the end of the show. And once you know who you want to talk to, what you want to offer them and what you want to talk about, then it's pretty easy actually to do research to find the right shows to do that. And depending on your level of comfort or you know, your, your perceived level of authority, like you could start very, very small, you can kind of go medium, you can kind of go large. And we, we guide people through that usually based on like iTunes ratings, like that's a pretty good metric for kind of the size of the show and the impact that they have. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's the core is that purpose. And then from there we do plan and plan is basically the research part of this. Like, how do you, you know, what tools do you use to find the right shows? How do you uh, prioritize them? Because what, what I've found a lot of times is people like, I don't know, you know, like I'm a health coach or whatever. Like, I don't know who would have me on their show. And then once we start unpacking the, the verticals or the types of shows that their target market is already listening to, it actually goes from, I don't know who to talk to, to like, oh my God, there's 10,000. Like now there's too many and I'm overwhelmed. So we have a really simple way to prioritize things. So you always know kind of your next three targets, your next 10 targets, um, as far as, you know, podcast pitches. And then step three is the pitch. And we have a very specific way that we approach that to where it doesn't feel like some weird, creepy, uh, like almost every email we probably both get, like, like just a complete like <laughs> pitch. It, you know, it's all about leading with value. It's about showing that you actually are not a random weirdo from the internet. Like you actually know who Mickey is and what she does. And you've like taken the time to listen to an episode. And like, there's some key things to do there on the pitch as well as basically outline a show for them so they can see the value you can provide their audience. And then the final steps perform. And that's obviously doing well on the show, nailing your call to action, having some like emotional tie-ins where it's, where it's possible, but it's also the follow-up. And there's 
I kind of talked about earlier. I mean, like the iceberg thing, like the tip of it is like showing up and doing the episode, but there's so much more value that can be had if you do it appropriately. So that's kind of the framework we always walk people through. And then, yeah, back to your original question is like, so where do I find these shows? You know, it, there's some tools we can talk about if you'd like, but the main thing is really the strategy behind it. Like, why would you want to be on the show? And that will inform which shows you want to, you want to reach out to. You know, in general, in marketing, I find a lot of businesses will skip that one piece and they get really <laughs> focused on the tactic or the show or I got to do yeah. email or I need to be on TikTok with no real understanding of how it actually plays with all the other parts of their business. I was, and talking, how... I was talking to a podcast host the other day and he's literally, he's, he's the head of a really successful marketing agency and we were done recording. He's like, I got to tell you, I'm, my goal this year is to be on a hundred podcasts. And I was like, why? why? And, and he's like, well, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I'm like, why would you waste your time? Like we should talk about like 10 podcasts that would have a huge impact because you know, you're, he had a, he was like very specific niche. Like this made no sense. So it's, it's funny though. People just kind of think of doing activity will generate results, but it's really doing the right activity will generate better results with less hustle and less wasted time. So you know, you're, you're, you're speaking my language here. I'm like, we're vibing. <laughs> I'm like, you can see my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, when it comes down to it, right, the, it's, it's really easy to understand how you can grow your business with all of these new connections, with a, a greater audience, greater reach, leading with value. But when it comes time to execute, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of clients and myself included. I get really excited. I see and connect the dots. And then when it's time to send a pitch email or to get started, feels really complicated yeah. and overwhelming. So for those who are ready to start taking action, but either don't know where to start or are too nervous to even take that first step, how do you address that? What do you do? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously if we're working with them, we're coaching them through and we're we're in a small group and we're working through this stuff to where it's very comfortable, you know, to kind of take each step. But mm -hmm. if someone's not doing that and just like, I'm listening, I want to do something here. What I would encourage them to do is pick three shows. So go through this mental exercise of like, what do you do? Who would be a good target market? Realizing that there's probably many target markets. So just pick one. There's no pressure here. So pick one target market, go to listennotes.com as, as a free resource. It's basically Google for podcasting and put in that topic. So say it's, you know, I don't know why this menopausal women's health coaching, <laughs> like some niche thing, if whatever works for you, right? Put it in there. You're going to find a bunch of shows and you can click and open some of them. And what I would do real quickly to find your first three is make sure they're still being updated because many, many, many podcasts are dormant, most of them. Uh, yeah, make sure they've been around long enough that you know they're going to still be around whenever they, after they say yes. And then you can look like their Apple ratings. If it's your first couple, I would shoot for, you know, something zero to 50 ratings. It's going to be a, a smaller, newer show. Like we call medium, like, you know, 75 to 300 and then large is over 300. But just pick three of those smaller shows and make sure, again, they're making episodes and make sure they interview people. Because some of these are all solo shows and there's no reason to pitch them. But if they do interviews, great. Then you can open up a few of those, check out the types of interviews they do and See if you feel like, oh yeah, this is kind of my jam. This is this is somewhere I could excel. Then pick one of those and say, I think this is this is the one I really want to talk to first. Realizing that you, it may not happen for you. Uh, my my twelve for twelve streak when I started was extremely unusual, and I would say you know twenty five percent to fifty percent is a better hit rate. If you're doing it really with a lot of intention, I still see most clients get over seventy five percent response rates. But then then we get into the how to pitch right. In a real simple form, like we give people, we, we call it a perfect pitch template, but it's basically a plug and play way to do this. 
the most important thing is the very first thing that you do. And that is setting relational anchors with this podcast host. So you can go look at their social media. You can understand their about page and like, what do you have in common? Perhaps maybe you both live in the same state. Maybe you both have kids. Maybe you both, you know, have a business with your spouse. And if you can't find any of that, the safest thing to do is to listen to a couple episodes, like and legitimately listen and take action and where you can and be able to like never lie, <laughs> but be able to truthfully say when you in episode 123, when you talk to Joe about this specific thing, it really resonated with me because of this thing in my business, you know, something, some reason, logical reason to reach out that again establishes I'm not just a weird stranger reaching out. I've taken time to understand what you do and I respect your time enough to not just reach out totally cold and flatter them, honestly, like get, flatter them. And if you do all that in a couple of sentences to start, you'll get them to read the rest of the email. The middle part says so three parts. The first part is those relational anchors. The middle part is what I essentially the show outline. So like, here's maybe four or five bullet points that I would love to cover and to serve your audience. Like, here's what I can teach. Here's stories I have to share. And, and you know, those bullet points, the beautiful part of this is that first part's custom to every email, but the rest of it's the same. Like it's the same bullet points for the same target market in the same podcast niche. And then the third part is just a really simple, but clear call to action. Something that's I always use. Are you interested? It gets them, gives them a reason to say yes or no. And it doesn't commit them fully, but it gets them a, you know to, to want to respond to that. And we can talk about subject lines and all that stuff, but basically a, a good cold pitch email that's not totally cold because you've warmed it up and you've made it really attractive to them because you're immediately showing them what's in it for them. That's, that's really the key here. That middle part is like, if you want the podcast host to be like, Oh, I'm so glad they reached out. Like they seem smart. They, they, I can see that they have some good stuff to share. This is going to be a really easy episode. I don't have to like create a show outline because they already did. That's going to get a lot of yeses. So that's it. So I know it sounds like a lot, but really like look for three or four shows, pick one that you think would be cool research a bit on that, write them an email. And then there's lots of tools to find people's email addresses. And, but that's not a problem. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, you know, or if you're other social media, I'm, I'm a LinkedIn person and email, but you know, Instagram, obviously Twitter, you can do DMS, but yeah, that's, that's really it. And very much if you're wanting to get started, do that multiple times, get some yeses, get on some shows, kind of get, get in the flow. And then while we really preach heavily uh, back to, you know, the, the topic at hand with your podcast is, this should be a system. A lot of this stuff you just need to do once, maybe yourself to figure out, again, your goals, your target audience, that show outline. But once you do that once or twice, you very much should have a VA, a virtual assistant, be able to step in and do 80, 90% of this. And even then on the back end, those sales pipelines I talked about earlier, if that's something your business you, you want to do, we've got a whole system for that. It's again, it's like five hours and five hours a week is what we shoot for with the VA on the front end to get booked on the shows and on the back end for us to do like sales pipeline messaging, getting on sales calls. Some people, they don't even have that part of their business. They really just want to have the direct contact with the audience and the host. So hopefully that was helpful. I, I, I know I, I tend to like get excited and just keep going on and on about all the details, but we're exactly the same in that. I do the same thing. <laughs> I love it. But I, I think it's, it's important for the listeners to understand if their goal is to guest, one of the things as a host, I can tell you is most hosts have so many people trying to become guests. We have mm -hmm. tons and tons of options and we're also really busy. And so right. the fact, I love that you lead with in the pitch that those emotional or relational anchors, because a lot of times I want to say 90% of the pitches that I get for this podcast are, I listen to your episodes and they sound great. And it's like, <laughs> you have 
if I know you didn't listen to my episodes, you have no idea who I am or what I do. And like, there's no connection. I don't see how we would naturally meet. Like, it's just, it kind of blows my mind. Someone said, I'm a fellow military spouse. And whenever you talk to Pete Moore about delegation, like, that's really something I needed to hear. Like, boom, like immediately, you know, that they've read your about page and they they at least know what one of the episodes is about. And that that's, that will, that's 95, that's better than 95% of people will do. I guarantee I have three brands. So I still have active emails for engaged marriage, fire Creek snacks and simple success coaching. So the majority of my emails and LinkedIn messages are just horrible, cold, (laughs) cold pictures that I immediately delete. You know, it's like, this is people keep doing it. So it must work at some point, but it doesn't work for me. (laughs) It's so true. And I think like the part where you do the work of planning the episode for me, I love. So anytime someone comes in, and they know what they want to talk about. They know how they can provide value. They give me options. As a host, one of the things we we don't want to do is be like a strict interviewer where we've got set questions because it's boring, right? right? It's not right. dynamic. It's not fun for anyone. The listeners don't love it. It feels terrible and it puts all the workload on me. But anytime I get a pitch where somebody's given me, here are some great topics we can talk about. Here are some questions you can ask, like, and, and do the work for me. I am like, yes, let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm yeah, way more open. Some, like questions, but yeah. not... I also uh, like my bullets are usually a mix of a couple like just straight up questions like ask me how I grew my e-commerce brand to seven figures without paid ads. You know, that's like a it's but it's not just like a yes or no question. It's like uh-huh. it requires a story. And then I'll say I'll have like I'd love to share like how I created a successful business partnership with a complete stranger or like how I discovered 3 years after forming a business partnership that our grandpa's drink beers together at the VFW hall in our hometown. Like there's some really cool stories. I have a, like literally my business partner, Fire Creek, we didn't know each other at all. I was doing that marketing work for him. And then come to find out we grew up in the same town. I was like two years older than him. And I moved away before we would ever been in high school together. And we found out that our grandpas literally like were in World War II and they were both part of the VFW in our local town. And like they played cards and drink beer together. And of course they both passed away long, long ago, but like how weird and how cool is that? And in the right context and talking about a brand story or something like people remember that kind of stuff. Like, and that's, that's, they're like, Oh yeah, that's the guy with the cool grandpa story, you know, but like those little emotional stories that need to be true, but they're kind of become earworms because they stick in people's mind, you know, long after the episode. Yeah. Well, that's how we process and codify information. That's how we categorize people in our lives too, is through the stories they tell or we hear. And so storytelling is super, super important. I love that you mentioned that as well. So listeners, craft your pitch with intention. Don't just send cold emails to random people without taking the time to genuinely listen and learn about them because that will put you far ahead of everyone else. Once we've gotten on the podcast, so they've they've got their episode out there. One of the things that, as you mentioned, a lot of people do is they, they'll get on the podcast and then it just basically dies there. <laughs> it's in the hands of the host and it, they don't know what to do with it. I can't tell you how many people will be guests on my show or I've seen, I'm friends with a lot of other podcast hosts where people will become guests and never promote, maybe talk about it once and then just never ever use or leverage that guesting appearance. This episode is brought to you by the Hustle Less Profit More Club the marketing solution for small businesses struggling to grow. Learn how to ditch marketing that doesn't work and create a no-fluff, high-powered marketing strategy that scales in the Hustle Less Profit More Club. This monthly business coaching program is designed for busy entrepreneurs and business owners who struggle to market their business. Inside, you'll learn everything you need to set proper marketing goals, prioritize your efforts, and grow your business. Head over to heymickeyanderson.com slash club to learn more. Now, back to the episode. Let's talk about the after part now. For sure. 
Yeah, so I think specific to serving the host, obviously share on any social media. If you have an email list, um, you know, th those are pretty low lift things to do. Like I always end up sharing my favorite parts of an episode on LinkedIn. And you're going to make that even easier because you're going to give me like video clips of some of the parts that you that you thought were best. But even if you don't, like I'll, I'll take the effort with with my assistant to, to do that. I think a really easy thing, if you legitimately enjoyed the show and you think that the host has really good value to offers, like leave them reviews. That's like a very easy thing to do. It takes five minutes, but many, most people don't. And that will put you in great, very good graces with the host. You just mentioned you have a lot of people that have podcasts. Well, if I put myself in the top 10% of your guests by hopefully doing decent on the show, but even in the follow-up and like thanking you afterwards, or when it comes out, sending you a message on LinkedIn or email to, just to say thank you, sharing it on LinkedIn and tagging you or sharing it on you know any other social media. And then I leave you a ratings and review. And I say, hey, just so you know, I left you a rating because I really enjoyed the show. Like all of that takes very little time or effort, but people don't do it. And <laughs> that would put me probably in your referral bucket of like, Dustin was a good guest. He was cool. He actually followed up. And maybe if your listeners follow up with me, you'll get feedback that I was helpful to them. And like, you know, so that's really the follow-up from a serving the host standpoint and kind of the bare minimum. There's a lot of strategic things to do to leverage that episode for your own benefit. So just a couple of quick things, not to get in any detail, but to give people, I like to open people's mind to be like, oh yeah, like there's a lot I could actually do to leverage this, this appearance. So one would be if you're in a, a niche here and you've got a vertical or a target market and you're on this show, well, there's a very good chance that many of the previous guests on that show also maybe have podcasts or they have platforms and maybe they want to hear your story too. Because if you're in a health coaching if you're, if you're a health coach and you're on like a health show, there's probably a lot of influencers on there being interviewed who also have shows. And so there's that, that ability to go network with them very directly. And you have a very warm reason. Hey, I saw you were on Mickey's show. She's really cool. I just, my podcast just released. I talked about partnership marketing. I'd love to come on and, and talk about that with your audience. The other thing you can do is look at the host who's an influencer in that space and then go to like Google or listen notes, put in their name and you're going to probably find they've been on other podcasts because podcasters like to podcast. And so now I have, Hey, I saw you had uh, Mickey as a guest. I was just on her show. And like immediately there's this credibility and there's, there's um, an implied authority of like, okay, he's, he's legit. Like he was on the same show as Mickey. I remember Mickey. She's really cool. And so, I mean, that's like super easy stuff. Like just connect with them on LinkedIn, send them a message, whatever. And just, you know, say it's, Great, we were both on the same show. Again, you can take that to the next level. If if you're like a service provider and these people are your target clients, then kind of put them in a prospecting flow. You know, I do that through LinkedIn. So I have an assistant basically say, hey, out of the last 50 guests on this show, there's these 10 that would really be ideal clients for Dustin's you know, coaching accelerator for partnership marketing or whatever. They get pulled over into LinkedIn and we have some automation there that helps connect with them in a cool way though. But it's, it's again, it's, hey, we were both on the same show. I keep up the good work. It's like, it's not like a pitch at all. A, the, the conversation develops. It's actually me having a conversation. And then it, when it's appropriate, I say, hey, you know, like, it sounds like you could really use some help in this area. I do free consultations. If you want to apply for a strategy call, here's the link. And then, then my role is like getting on warm calls with people who already like trust me. They know we're on the same show. They, under, they can go listen to my episode. I'm very public about what I talk about. So that's just a few <laughs> examples of how you can leverage each of these appearances, not only to serve the host, but to like, there's a lot of, I don't know, just a lot of meat left on the bone, I guess is one way to say it when people just do the episode and then forget about it. Like there's so much more that you could be doing when you do it smart in a system and with help, 
so that you're not doing all this stuff yourself, but it, it really pays for itself like immediately. It only takes one client typically to pay for your VA for maybe the whole year. So it's, uh, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, I love that. And I, I like how, because you see it in LinkedIn all the time, right? We have those degrees of connections and people yeah. will like, they'll strategically choose who their connections are and then go through who they're connected to and just like randomly cold choose and try and build connections that way without ever asking questions, developing relationships, getting to know the person and actually see if they can provide value. They lead with the pitch, lead with the sale instead of leading with the relationship and leaving it open to the opportunity, right? And I, I really appreciate the intention, the honesty behind it and, and also the, the ethics. I think it just, it for anyone who has felt that feeling on LinkedIn where you're like, why is this person connect? I know why this person's connecting with me and it, this is absolutely a much better option for you. I, I so appreciate that. Let's talk about some of the common mistakes people make. Now, obviously we talked a lot about the things that people aren't doing after the show, but when it comes to being a great guest, we mm -hmm. talk about leading with value, but I, I think we can get a little bit more into the trenches about what that actually means, how we can deliver value and do a great job. Yeah, and, and some people, a lot of people, most people, I would say, uh, this is like their biggest hangup is they feel like they have nothing to add. Like, like, why would anyone want to interview me? I'm just, uh, I keep saying health coach for some reason, but like, I'm just whatever I do. I'm, you know, I'm just a marketer. Like, there's a million marketers. Like, everyone's on these podcasts. Like, who's going to care? And I think what's important is choosing the right target audience because then you can really resonate with someone, right? Like if they are your, your avatar, they really are your target market. But as far as like what to do on the shows, I mean, I think, I think there's two main things you can do. You can teach or you can just tell your personal story. And if you listen to a lot of very successful podcasts up at the highest levels, you know, they're pretty much just hearing people's stories. Like, you know, you listen to Joe Rogan or pick your big podcast, you know, de jour, they're mostly just people getting on talking about stories and answering questions in a very transparent way. And that, that really resonates with people. So that's one format and that's what's one thing. And then the other would be like teaching. So if you have a four-step framework and you want to get on and actually educate people and give them a call to action and actually go do something, that's great too. And either of those work, hybrid of that definitely works. Um, but I think the main thing is really just being comfortable, right? And, and how do you get comfortable? Well, like anything, you Put in some reps or if you're in a small group you can kind of let me you interview me i'm going to interview you kind of just to practice i think a, a really quick tip for people to to feel really comfortable to two quick things that i always tell people as a as coaching them through for, through guesting for the first few times is one just be able to nail your own introduction you know because almost every show is going to be like dustin tell me about yourself and like if you have a 30 second version of that that you can just recite off the cuff it makes it takes a lot of pressure off and it makes it a really easy, it eases things into the, the episode, right? Versus you're clamoring and you're like panicking. You don't really know what to say. It makes everything feel awkward after that. So I think just get a good introduction, know what your call to action is going to be at the end. And then aside from that, I, I joke, I call it a magic post-it note, but for every time I'm getting ready to get on an episode, I have a note and it sits on my computer. Uh, where I can just glance down at it, whether it's audio, video, podcast, it doesn't seem really awkward. And it's got like the host name, it's got the name of the show, it's got my call to action. If there's, you know, some shows will have like a lightning round at the end. So make sure you, you understand what the show's format is. But if they're going to ask you your favorite book and your favorite quote or whatever, like have that stuff there so you don't blank and feel awkward. Yeah. And that's, and then if like, if you're planning to incorporate a few stories, like if I'm telling the Fire Creek brand story, I've got like Ryan's grandpa VFW or something just to prompt me. So if they say, Hey, you know, 
is there any anything else you'd like to share or if there's like this pause in the middle like it gives you an opportunity you know what i got a, a really funny story if, if you think if you don't mind i'd like to share it with your audience so it's just these little prompts it's like five to eight words total on a little post-it note but that's my little security blanket and i feel like that way if, if things go off rails if we get off on weird tangents it gives me something to look at to like focus oh no i need to make sure i mention this because this is really important to my story or to what i'm trying to teach is that helpful yes and you know what the best guests not to say that any of my guests weren't the best guest <laughs> i love all of my guests <laughs> but but in my experience the conversations that flow the most naturally the ones where there are real gems are the ones where both of us have our papers in front <laughs> in front of us where we're not like we don't have a script outlined or anything like that but yeah. we have our have some general notes some prompts some things to remember and as a, a host i do that every single time i have i literally have a little a little piece of paper here with some jot notes and some things for options and topics and questions or or even just interests that we have shared to chat about because for me obviously i want this to be a, a great fun filled conversation but as a, as a guest having those bullets takes so much pressure off for sure. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's, it just makes it easy. And, and a lot of people will blank kind of on their call to action. Like I've witnessed people basically like forget what their website's called or like forget their, you know, their URL and stuff because they're just, you know, they're trying to focus on the interview. So just having some of that stuff there that it's kind of like a pilot has a checklist that they just don't need a checklist. They've flown 20,000 hours, but they have to do the checklist you know, every time because that the one time you don't, you'll forget something critical. My little magic post-it notes and I take them and throw them away when I'm done. And then when I have another interview, I make a new one, like just 30 minutes before we air. And that kind of prompts me, oh, have I, you know, did my VA tell me there's a lightning round or do I need to listen to like, I almost always will listen to the beginning and the end of, a, of one of the recent episodes just to make sure it's like still the same host. Because sometimes these things, I, like I was on the official Shopify podcast and it was like six months between booking and, and recording and they literally changed host. I'm like, well, I'm glad I listened because that, <laughs> that would have been really awkward because it was a guy and now it's a woman. Um, but like, how do they usually intro the show? Do they typically give you an opportunity for a call to action at the end? Do, is that something they prompt? And then, yeah, this whole lightning round thing is is uh, is important. So yeah, that's in two minutes, you can listen to the first minute and the last minute of, of a show and really get a, a comfort level that it hasn't changed since maybe you did your research months prior. Yeah, I think that like, for me, at least the big takeaway from today is is do your homework. Right. This stuff doesn't happen naturally for most of us. Most yeah. of us need practice. We need to prepare. We need to investigate. And, and that's good. Right. You're doing your due diligence. So don't feel intimidated or bad that you have to do homework or practice your introduction or whatever, because we all do. It's, it's how you get better at it for sure. And if you need coaching, like get a coach, someone who's yeah. done this and has a system to plug you into, like, or if you want to be in a small group because you know that there's lots of benefits to being in small groups, not only the learning and, and the collaboration and the accountability, but like all the referrals. Like if you're in a group of people who are all, whose goal is to get on podcasts, well, you're going to end up being on some podcasts that you can share referrals to. Right. And so I think that that's, that's really overlooked, like invest some time. If, if this is something that resonates with you and you're like, man, that would be fun. If my whole marketing plan was basically getting, getting on shows and talking about myself and like talking about my mission, my brand, the things I care about. And then I have a VA kind of handling all the front end and any back end work. And I really just get to show up and do that consistently. Like my goals are once a week, I like to be on a show for Fire Creek and I like to be on a show related to marketing and it drives my whole business. I've booked two businesses and it's that simple, but it's not that simple, right? Cause you have to get the system put in place. But once you do and you get a comfort level with it, it, uh, if that's your marketing channel of choice, 
do it consistently, do it with some help and with some accountability and you'd be amazed at how it compounds. It really does. It just, uh, every, any individual show may not maybe a little drip in the bucket, but when you're doing it consistently, I mean, that's like 50 shows a year and all the networks and referrals and net, you know, all the stuff that happens as a result can grow really, really quickly, even though it may feel like it's, it's it doesn't, maybe not as sexy as like, let's do Facebook ads and make immediate ROI, which you really hardly can do anyway. But, but this is a great long-term play because it's, it's relationship-based. And we didn't talk about like tactical stuff, but like, it's really good for SEO for search engine optimization. Cause you're getting backlinks from a lot of, a lot of websites. It's all very long tail, you know, like YouTube and podcasts, two great platforms for partnerships because they basically live forever. Like I still get people from two years, episodes I've done two years ago that reach out and say, I just listened to this episode that you had and I want to talk to you. So anyway, there's lots and lots of reasons to do it, but if it's something that resonates with you, like invest the effort and or the time and or the money to like make it work for you and make it a system. I think I've said that word like a hundred times because most of the people that come to work with me is like, they've been on one or two podcasts. It kind of just happened. Like someone asked them or they've been on a hundred, but they've got like no return on it. And it's like, well, you are not doing it consistently enough to see results and you may be doing it very consistently, but if you're not doing all the stuff we talked about on the back end with the follow-up, having a clear call to action, choosing the right podcast to be on, you're just wasting your time. So let's marry those two things and, and, and do it a smart way. And that's really what I advocate and teach. So, yeah, you know, just for my own brain, even just to summarize a little bit, to, to nail it in the two last things that you just mentioned there that I want to make sure the listeners don't pass by is the consistency piece, right? Like it's not a one and done system. This isn't something where you hop onto one show and all of a sudden, I mean, it could, but likely it's not the silver bullet to your business growth, right. just one show. It's, it's about showing up consistently and refining that process and building those relationships and letting them blossom. But the other thing I think is, is really important as well to just kind of move forward on is is the way that we can use the podcast content itself for ourselves and for the host and like you mentioned those tactical aspects the seo i think is really important to mention so let's dig in a little bit if somebody doesn't necessarily want to do podcasting per se but this system feels right to them what are other ways or collaborations or partnerships that they can look into yeah 100 so one of the big ones for our e-commerce brand fire creek you know it's a physical product it's basically a healthy meat stick um uh <laughs> you know no allergen no gluten but like a really really good tasting snack so it's good for like ketogenic diets and stuff like that. It's also very popular with kids, which is unusual for that type of snack. So one of the things we did though, and we still do proactively is subscription box placements. So you get a subscription box, like one of the big ones is Snack Nation. It's now called Karoo, but they're a, they're actually, they actually sell to corporations. So like Facebook would subscribe to them and then Facebook would send better for you snacks to their employees as like a benefit. And so we, it's a whole story how it happened, but it started with a podcast, like most of my stories, but we planted some seeds that ended up resulting earlier this year, two years after the initial efforts in 600,000 snack stick purchase order for our company. It all started though, by getting some exposure on a podcast, developing a relationship on LinkedIn with someone, sending him samples, getting a placement in their box where we donated a product, but ultimately it, it led to really being one of our best customers. But even on small scale, we've been on like ketogenic diet boxes where, you know, maybe we're donating or maybe they're paying us at costs for our product, but this the whole win, win, win situation. The win for us is we're getting in the hands and mouths in our case of like our target customers. The win for the customers is they're discovering a fun new brand that maybe is, it could become the new favorite snack. And of course the subscription box person has a business model where they need kind of reduced cost placements in there. So for, if you have a physical product, 
look for subscription box placements. Um, I think another area that this works really good is like brand collaborations. So maybe you can find a couple of related brands that aren't competitors, but they serve the same space. And you could do like Instagram giveaways. You could do, you know, that, that grow your email list to grow your Instagram following, et cetera. So like for us, we've been in, we kind of work in the outdoorsy space too. So we've been in brand collaborations with like a tent company and a fishing pole or like whatever, like a camping giveaway. And, you know, we might get five to 10,000 new email subscribers from that. They won't be the most high quality because they're basically people entering giveaways, but we have ways of filtering them out real quickly. And we do get customers from that as well. I think we haven't really talked at all about local, but like, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked almost exclusively online, but like, I just had a consulting gig with Serta Pro Painters and they're like the country's largest painting franchise. And we spent a couple sessions with their top franchisees talking about how can they do partnership marketing in their local markets. And we came up with several strategies, but one, just to give people kind of food for thought and apply this to their, their local service industry. I mean, the most basic form is like a lunch and learn, right? That's basically like a podcast, but in person um, where you're the center of attention, you're teaching and typically telling your story of your, your business and your brand and connecting and, you know, sharing a meal or whatever. Like that's, that's a very good partnership. We kind of took that to the next level with these guys and we, it's the same four steps. It's just not a podcast. So we said, what's the purpose of this? So, so for that, it was like, who is your ideal client? Like you have all these residential clients, you have all these commercial clients, but like, who's your unicorns? And each of them identified people in their community that would be like, if I can get this, when I get one of these clients, it changes the whole business. And so we identified those, let's just call them like the top commercial real estate broker, you know, like they're so well connected, they get all the, the top sales. And so like, if I can have a referral relationship with them, that'd be great. And of course you can go exchange business cards with them and hope they'll throw you some business. But what we came up with that they really liked is let's do like a VIP event. Let's do like a VIP happy hour where the franchisee pays for it and they get like the coolest venue in town and they do like a beer tasting or wine tasting, bourbon tasting, whatever just a happy hour. And then they get the opportunity to speak in front of these people, but it's invitation only, right? So maybe we're going to invite 15 people from our community and we're going to hand select them. We're going to call them. We're going to like, Hey, like we're doing this special event. There's only 15. We really want you to be there because we know you're a huge asset to our community. You know, it's the pitch. Um, and then when they get there though, the, the mindset is like the win for that real estate broker could be the free drinks and, and like the collaboration with other community leaders. What, how else can we give them a win? So what we came up with is they do not just painting, but they have other home services that they can do. So like, let's give them a special bonus for their clients. That's exclusive with this relationship. So maybe if when I, as broker Joe, give a referral back to this Serta Pro Painter, like maybe this, the, I give them a free power washing, their, their client, a free power washing or something for their house. And so that gives that realtor elevated status, not only because they're invited to this event and they're a mover and shaker, but like now they have something special to offer their clients that no one else can offer. And then of course the clients benefit because they're getting a free bonus thing. So it's just like a quick example, but it's that win, win, win. It's thinking about the target audience. It's thinking about like what unique value you can offer and serving and relationships. Like none, all three of those people, the, the sort of pro guy, maybe is spending some money on drinks, but he's winning if he gets one good referral source the brokers winning for sure. Cause they're getting again, the exclusivity of being in this group and referral and a special referral package. And of course the client super wins because now they've got like the best painter in town. They've got a realtor talent, you know, making these direct referrals and they get a special bonus if they use them and no one loses, no one's giving everyone's winning. And so that's uh, that's a local example. I adore that example. I think that's a great 
think outside of the box, put yourself in the shoes of the other, and what problem do they have and how can I deliver value and help them solve it? And is there a way to align that with my desires or my problem per se? I think it's really fun to be able to think of those kind of outlier examples because we sometimes get stuck in the cookie cutter templatized. It has to be a podcast. It has to be a sponsored blog post. It has to be a XYZ. But I, I really love that you said like a VIP event, something fun, out of the box, different that they're not going to have uh, access to or you know, get pitched that very often. I think that's a really, really fun example. Yeah, well, thanks, Jen. I have many more, but I, you know, we only have so much time. But I, I, yeah. I geek out on this. That was a really fun engagement because I've I've worked with local companies. Like when I made my transition out of engineering, like my dentist was my client, my real estate broker was my client, a restaurant I frequented, the butcher shop became just because I went in and like talked to them. And I think if you're a local business, uh, all this strategy and stuff aside, like if you're a local business in a community the best thing you can do is every chance you get, just talk about what you do. Like I, I would literally be in my dentist chair and he's like, Hey Dustin, how are things going with your know, work? I'm like, Oh, pretty good. I'm actually leaving. Cause I'm, I'm, I do, you know, this marketing stuff. You do marketing. We should talk, you know, like I can't tell you how many of those times, how many times that happens. I'm in the butcher shop and I'm like, you know, who owns this place? And I find out that there's a high school friend that was a co-owner. And then I was like, we should have lunch. And then he said, well, I'll bring Ryan who is now my business partner. And uh, I was like, you know, I love, and I always leave with value, right? Like I didn't ask for any payment. I was like, I think you guys could do really well if you had this bundle, you know, or whatever. And like, you could do this pricing and they're like, that's a really good idea. You know, like, how can we work with you? And I, it's, it can literally be that simple, but so many people are kind of shy or they, they feel like it's awkward to talk about what they do. But if you enjoy what you do, like talk about it. And that's one of the best ways to market. It doesn't even uh, require a lot of strategies, just being open and, and vocal about what you do and, and try to lead with the win. Like anytime I possibly can, I try to give someone some kind of tip or value. Um, and many times that ends up being a referral partner or it ends up you know becoming an actual client. You know, and for those introverts who are a little bit afraid. I'm a super to put... introvert, by the way. It may not seem like it on a podcast mic, but I'm the guy in the corner at events and I'm, a, you know, the stereotypical engineer in many ways. But I think there's a there's a benefit to being an introvert in these situations because you're not just going to talk about yourself the whole time. Yeah. You're going to ask questions and give lots of white space for the other to to talk and learn. So I, I do think that's actually an asset in a lot of these situations is to be an introvert. Oh, yeah, that's a good framing of it. I like that a lot that introverts tend to be good listeners um, because they don't like you just said, they don't have an interest in like just always talking about themselves and very good at observing and kind of feeling the room and, and, and things like that. And I think that that can be a huge asset because this form of marketing is all about intimacy, right? Like, and to me, that sounds weird, but it's all about like one to few, not like one to a million. It's it's not trying to be at scale of like doing, you know, Facebook ads to a million people and hoping you can convert 10 or whatever. Like it's, it's relationship driven. And and you said blossom earlier. And I, I just want to say this really quickly, all of these things we're talking about like podcast guesting or, or otherwise, they all plant seeds. And what you don't know is when that seed is going to sprout and what it's going to sprout into. So yeah, if I've done a 50 podcast, I would have never predicted one I did in 2020 would become our biggest client for fire Creek snacks two years later, but there's no way that happens if I hadn't been on that show. And like, we're going to go down for a very like a kind of a third interview if you will with walmart about a possible placement in the meat snack aisle and that would have never happened except i had an introduction to to a buyer who's not even the same buyer but it was a buyer because i was on a podcast and then 
that buyer taught, gave me a lot of insight and they liked our brand. And when they left, they said, Hey, keep an eye on these guys. They're up and coming. And we've had two in-person meetings. We're going down for a third, like, but I planted a seed just being on a podcast with no intention of ever talking to someone at Walmart and it could end up being, you know, life-changing. And so I think that that's, that's, what's really exciting about it is it is maybe it is a little slower approach in some ways, although it tends to also be free, which is a huge benefit, but it may be a little slower, but like you're planting all these seeds and you just don't know what's going to pop up. And I've had so much cool stuff happen in my life, including this, again, this whole new business, because I got out and told the fire Creek story and talked about why I was passionate, why I got involved, you know, and then, you know, in some cases taught Shopify tactics or talked about how to do a trade show, like stuff I learned. I just go in and talk about it on shows and it just, yeah, it's, it's amazing what can happen when you just get out, you know, the proverbial put yourself out there, but uh, it, it really does. It really does make a difference when you do it consistently. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. I think if you're not in it for a quick win, if you're in it to build a legacy brand that lives beyond you, you're in it for that yeah. long game. You know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is the, the businesses that do the best are the ones that have like an ultra long-term vision driving them forward. And I think this strategy really plays into that because although there are lots of things you can do in the moment to get quick wins and generate revenue, this is what's going to establish your business over the long term. Sure. And it creates, it just, I always tell people this and they don't get it until they've done it, but it just changes your mindset. It really does. Like I cannot walk, I can't drive down the street without seeing opportunity now. Like I just see opportunities all the time. And I know when I see an opportunity, my first thought is there's a real opportunity there. How can I give a win to somebody for that for free? And so again, it's, you know, podcasts are a great example, but the platforms will always change over time, but the same mindset and the same approach and i think that's what you're you're getting at too it's like it becomes who you are <laughs> like if you become a person of service you build relationships you're always looking to give someone a win the strategies are great and the systems are great and i think they're very necessary to like make this work but after a while like it just becomes part of who you are and it becomes part of the ethos of your business and part of your culture and like it so it, it's very transformational when it's done over a period of time but you obviously have to get started uh to, to ultimately get those kind of benefits so yeah. Wow. What an incredible conversation. So much value. I know the listeners are probably bubbling with ideas and excitement <laughs> on what they can Hopefully do. Not overwhelmed with oh, there's so much stuff that we could do. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll break it down for you. Don't worry. If you could give the listeners one piece of advice, one actionable step they can take after listening to this episode, putting it down and saying, okay, I'm going to do one thing. What's the one thing you would have them do? I would say go be of service to one person today. Like when you're listening, like think, look through your text messages or your LinkedIn messages or your existing client list, doesn't matter. Pick one person and be like, how can I give them a win? And that win could be words of encouragement. It could be a thank a long overdue thank you, whatever. But like lead with service one time, like immediately. Like don't just say, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that next week. Do it today. Like it could take you two minutes. And I think what you'll, people will realize like as a quick win, like the there's a rush that comes with that. There's a peace. Um, there's, you know, it's, I don't know, to me, it's in my, uh, worldview, it's like what we're meant to do is serve first. And like, that's how you end up reaping rewards in, in, in the future. So yeah, it'd be a, just real simple, like call your mom, <laughs> like do something to be of service to someone, it, you know, in business, if that's your thing, but it doesn't have to be. So mm, what great advice. I love that. I think all of us can do that more we can all be better at doing that leading with service for others um dustin where can the listeners find out more about you learn about how you could potentially help them become a guest on podcasts and leverage the strategy absolutely yeah so real simple it's simple success coaching 
um, that's kind of my hub and what you'll find there is some free resources but in the upper right you'll see a button this is strategy call and the, the way I work with coaching is and it's consistent with what we've talked about today it's all in service so I don't do any kind of sales on an initial call so if someone wants to book a call we'll have 30 minutes and basically they will unpack where they're at with their business and we focus on marketing and we'll come up with a 90-day marketing plan with them and get them to agree that that makes sense. Let's do that. It's probably going to be some form of partnership marketing. And then I always say that's yours. It's free. I'm glad we connected. If you want help with that, let me know. And then there's ways we can help, you know, coaching. We do an accelerator program is our most popular thing. So three times a year, we'll do a group of 12 people in a mastermind format. It takes 90 days. And we basically build this whole system that we've described today from start to finish, including hiring and training their VA for them and basically give them this marketing system as an asset for their business. That, that's kind of our bread and butter offer. Oh, that's amazing. Everyone, I will put the links in the description for you. And uh, I'm, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you and learning more about this. I, I feel like I gained so much value from today and I know the listeners have as well. So thank you so much for your time today, Dustin. You're very welcome. I'm really excited to be connected, Mickey, and wish you all the all the success in the world with this podcast and with your business. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.